0: Let me pour some wine. She's so excited. Guess what time it is? It's not ten. <laughs> it's not on routine at all. I think we've we've broken out of that. Good, we've learned from the last topic. Yeah, this is this is the true power of this podcast. We're having some red wine. We're both very tired. We've had like eight hours of work. Yeah, both of us, and because we are not yet. Um, Living off of this podcast, <laughs> <Exactly> not. <laughs> we do accept donations <laughs> because maybe the quality of the podcast is going to be better if we haven't worked eight hours before. Yeah, um, or maybe if we just have a new mic, the podcast yeah. will be better. Once. If you can't hear the extreme difference in the sound, <laughs> <laughs> then we're sad. Yeah, then we were quite sad because uh, we did spend money on a new microphone. <phone rings> Hi, this is Maya and Lisa from the future. We just wanted to say that there is a difference in the sound and it might not be for the better always. Uh, So if you hear any weird repressed noises of laughter, uh, that's not us having a seizure. It's just (laughs) us not knowing how to use this microphone. And we'll figure it out until next time. But for now, very sorry. (laughs) Okay, welcome back. I am going to open this. Discussion with a movie I saw. I saw it on Christmas. It came out on Christmas Eve. Actually, it's called "Don't Look Up." I'm sure many of you have heard of it. You haven't it's, seen it? I have seen it. Actually, you but, have seen it. Yeah, I saw it at Christmas uh, as well with my mom. Why did we not discuss it? We did discuss it. Did we? Yeah. Okay, we're gonna discuss it again. <laughs> um I had it's a very like one of us doesn't remember it, but it seems a bit <laughs> authentic. Very intergenerational. Um, movie session with my grandma my cousin my aunt so we had three generations Mm -hmm. um, watching it and it's a very well the movie starring like all of the celebrity a-list Hollywood stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence. What is her name? I love her. You obviously do. What is her name? The president. Oh Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. So, so sorry Meryl um yeah that's the movie it is about a doomsday scenario where an asteroid is about to hit the earth maybe that was just me but i very clearly interpreted it as a metaphor for, for the climate crisis win yeah, yeah and same. knowing that something's gonna happen and how people and the media especially respond um and I well it's quite the satire I think It's supposed to be funny. And how people are working for it, or working to make it hurt, but not getting anywhere because of these governments and big companies and, you know. And it's a comedic drama. And that's kind of where I don't see... I just don't know whether we're supposed to make fun of the whole situation yet. Oh, that's a whole lot of discussion. What can you joke about or not? Yeah, I think you should be definitely be able to make com- comedy of it. I think it's a very real pain that a lot of us feel that we we are so helpless in it. We cannot do anything about it. And I think it's yeah. great to make comedy about that pain. I think it's I I really liked like I laughed a lot and I think it's it's very interesting how how it's like anti-capitalist within the very capitalist like it's Hollywood. Yeah. And it's like basically criticizing everything it is. Mm-hmm. But then how how genuine can that be? Yeah. In a world that is going to shit, in a world mm-hmm. that is like on the brink of the point of no return, how, because people are still holding on to these ways of making money and um, being successful in this system that we built. know mm-hmm. not we personally, but the people before us. The men. <laughs> I'm sure some women were involved as well. Yes, they were making children. Yeah um it's a it's a very complex issue um what a paradox it is basically that they have to make a film about this topic that is obviously on top of people's minds because we are heading for a doomsday Mm -hmm. and in the process you need to be the bad guy as well Mm mm-hmm mm-hmm I What is interesting, I I read that up and it was co-written by Bernie Sanders, senior advisor and speechwriter, which again, is kind of like, how can you, you're so, like, you're the issue, basically, kind of. And you're... Bernie Sanders? Wasn't he very... Of course course he was, but like, he stands for all of these governments that still are very much like... I mean, I guess from his point of view, it would be like the Republicans. Yeah, Yeah, Definitely. Again, I love the movie. I think it's very realistic um, in some aspects. And it really... Like, the whole thing with the CEO, the bad guy, oh, basically. Yeah. The super ce- creepy, like, almost ro- robot-like Yeah, and person. he was like Zuckerberg. Basically. He was like Zuckerberg and Elon Musk all in one person. Yeah, and it's just... It's very realistic. And what I'm trying to get at is that I don't think hollywood as a white establishment who's not actually yet suffering from climate change mm-hmm. that much as like the global south yeah i would say not at all because they even though there are like fires in california and everything you have the money to not be affected by it. exactly can we make fun of the climate crisis, that's actually a real fucking issue for people. And we're just making fun of these like issues that arise from the climate crisis, like media blow ups and like memes and big companies trying to make profit out of the crisis. And I it was hard because I laughed, but at the same time, I was like, I'm not supposed to laugh. But I don't get your point of why we shouldn't be able to make fun of it in the first place. Because we're not actually suffering from it yet. I mean, like, you and I can't make humour about something that we're not suffering from. But then again, because I think there is some kind of purpose behind this movie that the people who made did want to bring attention to the, like, how the media and um, governments and companies are so oblivious to the climate crisis and how they're intentionally oblivious. And do you think that that point would be made in such a... strong? Like, they obviously thought that that would have an impact on people and they they would be more open towards um actually making a difference maybe like i think that's the act- like the bigger why do you think it would help more if it was someone who was actually suffering from climate change who made it like a institution that was much smaller because yeah, because did. The, yeah. that's the way to like reach people yeah. everyone's looking everyone's watching this Definitely. and everyone's got netflix where it's on but It's hypocritical. It's deeply hypocritical. And I think that's kind of... And that's the world we live in. It's hypocritical because it is these... The people who have the voices uh, to talk about the issues that are destroying the planet are also the people who are destroying the planet in the first place. And that's exactly the topic of our podcast today. Um, Is there any point in trying to do anything (laughs) that might help slow down our slowly dying planet whilst we're so deeply ingrained in the whole causal problem yeah well this is a huge question and i think that we are not capable of answering it because it's obviously something that you need to well one is something that you need to decide on your own and two How are we supposed to know? It's such a multifaceted thing. And that's just kind of the issue from the beginning. We're just going to have a discussion. (laughs) I'm sure many of you have had the same discussion. And it seems like, for me, it seems like a very frustrating one. So we're not trying to get frustrated today. Well, I just think that the question here is, uh, how do you approach emerging adulthood? Where you're supposed to bloom into something. It's all about the future and you're supposed to plan and like get a degree so that you can have a nice job in the future mm-hmm. and how are you supposed to navigate that in a world where everything's, everything's to pointing shit. to that there's a doomsday mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. not that far of a future mm-hmm. and how can you legitimize working on yourself and working towards a career which obviously does require some kind of damage on the environment yeah that is such a debate in my head that's mm-hmm. been going on for so long. This is actually what I wrote my personal statement on to get into university, that there is this obvious um competition. It's, it seems like a dichotomous situation mm-hmm. where you can either have a society which is driven by capitalism and like technical innovation driven by making money mm-hmm. and a society which is Not heading towards climate disaster, you know, heading in the right direction in that sense. Um, And how can you? Because I, to me, to head towards a more sustainable future also requires innovation. And how do you drive that innovation without financial incentives? Like, Mm -hmm. how can? Because I always feel like capitalism and environmentalism are on opposite sides of the debate, and there's no way that we can have some kind of consensus yeah i really don't, don't s- agree with that and we know that we have very different opinions on that yeah i just i guess i don't have that kind of faith in humans on a collective level i think that policies needed to kind of um shape how society is spending its money and like where we go definitely in like in which direction no i agree but i just have a such a hard time imagining a society which is not driven by market forces And that going in a direction, like that being an efficient way Mm -hmm. to get to the ultimate end goal, which is, Mm. you know, a sustainable future. Don't you have a hard time generally imagining a society that's different from the one we're living in right now? I don't think the problem is necessarily with imagining, let's say, communist or socialist society, (laughs) but more the transition phase. Because it's still drastically different. Oh, I have a hard time imagining the actual like mm. the, the end goal mm. as well. Well that's a whole other discussion. Well, we got driven away. I actually wanted to get back to was it your final work for the IB? Where you talked about about how when you do something that's environmentally friendly, you feel like you can just by bad behaviour in other yeah. aspects of your life. Yeah, that was behavioural science. Okay. I say. I think that's very interesting because I feel like it happens to me daily. Yeah, definitely. If I like in the grocery store, I will not even think about environment. Like I won't even that's not really a factor in my decision making process because I feel like I already filled that quota by being vegan. You know, well, veganism is a free pass. I can only <laughs> recommend it if you want to free. It's like the monopoly get out of jail free card. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. Yeah, because if you're like debating with someone about like individual choices, environmental versus non-environmental, you just un- and you know just them. like pull the the vegan card, no. <laughs> pull the vegan card <laughs> up on the table, mm-hmm. and they're not vegan. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to argue with it. Yeah. Um, but at the same time I do a bunch of stuff that's so bad like I I go back to Sweden many many times take short haul flights I, I don't even know how many times a year for it's so hot like I feel like I feel like since I since I moved to London I've like my environmentally friendly behavior has just been degrading yeah from day to day Um, And I think that's quite normal, just like moving out. You obviously have to take care of your own money. I don't know, you want to go out um, to the pub instead of buying biological vegetables. Whereas at home, I would never ever touch something that's not organic. Mm. Um, But it's just not my money at home. That is quite the issue. Because obviously your economic situation determines what decisions you can make. Mm -hmm. And then... Obviously, when you have less money, you can make less environmentally friendly decisions. Yes. That's kind of a fault in the system. Yes. If we're going to talk about the capitalist system, let's now go back to it. Um, and at the same time, you are shamed for making unenvironmentally friendly decisions. So obviously, you can make all these great decisions to not fly and but only buy like organic and um, take the time that it takes as well. It's a very resource heavy mm-hmm. thing. I think mm-hmm. a lot of the time to be envi- environmentally friendly. Mm-hmm. And you can still be less good at it than some billionaire who has however many billion dollars in his bank account and is uh, planting trees, and that is his get out of jail free card. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I mean, I used to I used to do uh, Fridays for Future work back home. I'm thinking about it now. Like, I was quite active and I went out on the street and now I don't even... I think what I'm trying to say is that you kind of... You train yourself to to be okay with doing bad. Yeah, because you can't have a self-image that is completely against your values. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just, like, against human nature. It takes too much cognitive energy to be acting against mm-hmm. your values yeah. all of the time. So you change your values rather than your actions. Yeah. And... I think it would have never crossed my mind that statement of is there a point do individual actions matter I was the biggest advocate for yes they do they do matter so much and I do still think they matter a lot but I've just I don't know maybe it's just gotten worse the situation um that yeah. I don't really believe in it that much anymore maybe it's also just because I feel like this the system is a bit corrupt like if these huge oil companies can get out of taxes and they can do all these things. It does feel insignificant with mm. with individual actions, and you have to work on such a small such small parameters and always do the right thing and always be shamed for not doing the right thing. Mm. I think it's a quite a bad strategy to advocate for it We advocate for individual actions matter like uh, as, as a government if you say Definitely. let's fight climate change by recycling I, agree. I think that will do more harm than good to it's parents. consumer blaming um but i think on an individual level if you personally th- personally think that your um actions matter i think that kind of gives you a set of rules yeah to live your life after exactly. and i think i've lost that set of rules mm somewhere along the way yeah that's a like a disclaimer obviously recycling is better than not recycling and um eating organic is obviously well that's actually not a straightforward issue like we're not trying to say that uh individual action don't matter at all but it's just when you look at it in the grand scheme of things if we're as a society, going to make any difference? Mm-hmm. We can't. If we're like it's an, it's an over focus on what the individual mm-hmm. can do better, and less of a focus on what these multinational corporations yeah. can do better. And also just and policy, also just psychologically, on a daily basis, it sometimes mm-hmm. just just seem like we're completely helpless. And I feel like to help with that helplessness to kind of mitigate that, the feeling that you can't do anything, I myself turn to something that we talked about last week, to be honest, um, trying to keep active and trying to feel like I'm doing something for the world in general, even though it's not, like, even remotely, yeah, connected to Mm -hmm. the environment. Being productive Mm -hmm. feels like Mm -hmm. a win. And that's kind of... Even though though it it really isn't. Because... Productivity culture—it's like the very core of capitalism, and capitalism, like, is you know using too many resources, okay. and it's just not a sustainable option anymore. But can you elaborate on how that is, how that helps you, like being productive in not feeling, I guess, it's, that climate angst. Well, I guess it's not a, it's not specifically the climate angst, but just how you feel like you have no agency in kind of the Mm. bigger issues of the world and how if you are at least are like being a good citizen and Mm. taking action um, in your own life, it doesn't need to be even that I am myself going on a little recycling trip Mm. and picking up trash after people. It can be that I'm going on a run or like doing my studying, but just being part of someone who does something feels like yeah anything it feels like I'm like fixing something and I think that's just a, m- like mentality that has been planted in me mm. but it doesn't actually help it's just actually counterproductive if you talk about climate change a lot it, in a lot of ways it seems like a plaster for me it's just that you don't have time to, to think about yeah exactly it. it's like yeah it's moving the collective energy to something else but i mean at least you're living your life yeah that's kind of the thing like if we are going to live our lives in this world which is slowly deteriorating slowly or very fast mm-hmm. uh, depending on the your perspective how can we live like an enjoyable life we have to take these like coping mechanisms i don't think i agree like i i do live the same life and i do have the same patterns and i do I think that helps me as well, but at the same time, I just get these, like, phases of frustration, of feeling so guilty because there is stuff you can actually do. We could go onto the street. We could join Extinction Rebellion. And why do I not do it? Mm. I think in our quite stupid human minds, we don't want to entertain the possibility that we're going to die. I don't think that's it. Even though you know it intellectually, how can the human brain deal with the knowledge that we're all going to die soon? I feel like that's just unprecedented. And I, I feel like it's a bit inhuman to entertain the possibility every minute of every day. But then again, I entertain it every day. And I think you too. I think my my rather active activism I've done before was kind of replaced by this, I want to say, like, intellectual activism. Mm -hmm. I mean, every single essay I've written Mm -hmm. in this course, it's always been ecology. I read these books and I feel like this helps me in a way. Like, I feel like I'm... You're progressing something. Yeah, I feel like I'm doing something for the environment by reading Naomi Klein and by writing an essay about ecology. And I think that's my coping mechanism. Mm. Um, but that's so much time and effort as, well, why not just go onto the streets? I, I just Yeah, and then what is the ultimate goal of you writing that essay? And what's the ultimate goal of me trying to be productive? Mm. It's not really connected to environment per se. Like your essays are so that you can get a good degree and then a good job. And, you know, contribute to society, contribute to capitalism. I mean, you can make some kind of change in that job as well. Mm. I don't think that's the goal I think of at all when I choose to write about ecology. And what is the goal then? For you to have a better understanding? I would like to say so. But I think with many of these things, being vegan, thrifting, Mm -hmm. writing about ecology, reading Naomi Klein, it's just to call my own conscience... To just entertain yourself, basically. no, to entertain like... your image of yourself. Yeah, and that's crazy shit. Yeah, it's like you're blind a little bit. I mean, I'm, I say you, but I mean me as well. Like we're blinding ourselves. Yeah, it's like doing without actually doing to forget that you're not doing. And that seems so crazy to me that we're so good at tricking ourselves. Yeah, we feel like we're environmentalists. We feel like we're a bit better, we right? Stop. No. If you haven't listened to our first episode, yeah. I'm sorry. I think I wanted to to go back to this intellectual activism. I'm just going to call it intellectual activism. Sometimes. For me, it seems like the more time I spend theorising about climate change, about the impact on um, society, like collective brains, I don't know what. For me, it almost seems like it's something in the past. Like we've already transcended over the climate crisis. Oh, because you can imagine. Because we're already theorising it. We're already reading out about people... That's interesting. I've never I've never even thought that. Mm. Because it creates this distance for me to read an essay on it. Mm. Because normally maybe that's just the research I do do for my course, but like reading essays, like it's always about issues in the past. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I kind of like just reading about it. Because yeah. it seems like it's so bad. Hmm. Try it. Let me know whether I'm crazy or not. Can I just say that the term intellectual activism seems like an oxymoron to me? Because activism, it's about action. Isn't it like activism is taking a step out from intellectualism and then out into the world actually making a difference? Isn't that like the core of activism? And then intellectual, it's about thinking about the world, like almost like going from the world and then Mm -hmm. into your head and making sense of it. Mm. I like it, though, intellectual activism. It's like doing nothing but feeling like you're doing something. Yeah, it is. And I don't think it's a bad thing. It is an oxymoron. But... We've already talked about this point last podcast, I think. um, The impact of the pandemic mm-hmm. on our sense of power. Yeah, power to actually make change. And I think our sense of powerlessness um, towards our governments I think that's definitely, well, maybe it's too early to have studies and theories on that. But I think that that has turned down people's sense of hope mm. and people's sense of thinking that they have the power to change anything. Mm. Because our governments could literally confine us to our homes. I'm not anti-government. I'm not anti vaccine and this sounds very bad but being told you can go out for half an hour each day it kind of just made me realize because I had such a hard time before to understand how governments can be corrupt and how how oil stakeholder companies can have the power to actually not only blind us but also control us to such an extent Mm -hmm. and the pandemic kind of really was this realization of we're completely powerless well i also think that because we kind of saw the actual power of the government what they could do if they if they wanted to exercise this power Mm -hmm. like the power of the law Mm -hmm. they can just do that they can just make us stay at home all day and only go out for 30 minutes a day i'm not going more than five kilometers from your home They can make us do that, and so why couldn't they act on climate change? And it kind of makes it so obvious that they're not doing it. And another point to that is, whilst our lives were completely on hold, climate-destructive industries were still doing everything. Like, there was a literal pandemic, and... New plans for pipelines for oil fields. Yeah, UK. That UK just um, accepted another oil field, and that was still happening whilst we were after in cop lockdown, 26 after COP26. And that kind of makes me question the whole, the whole, world. Well, now we're in doomsday mode again. I kind of wanted to end on a on a whole other point mm-hmm. that I think summarizes our collective. Helplessness in the time of climate change. Let me hear. I was scrolling on Instagram last night, and I came across this post from London the inside. I don't know if you saw. I saw. I actually and wanted to comment something about. Oh, podcast. Yeah, yeah. So it's from London in the inside, and it's a picture of Piccadilly Circus, and it has this huge monitor that looks like it's a three D image of like a jungle a little Mm -hmm. bit Mm -hmm. like a room with a jungle in it and it's to promote the new David Attenborough a documentary about Mm -hmm. nature and specifically the immersive experience of the green planet that is just across the road from this installation Mm -hmm. and it's it says I, I literally quote now so if you've watched the green planet on the telly Get ready to go inside it for real and for free. That sounds like Wally. It sounds like Black Mirror or Wally or whatever like dystopian fiction I read as a teenager, and was like, that, that is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> They're literally saying you can go inside of this made-up like screen landscape and experience nature, experience oh. the actual Earth, which we are destroying, it's like the center of consumerism, Piccadilly Circus. Yeah, it's like Primark right next to it. Yeah, Primark is like right next to it. McDonald's, you can see it in the picture. Like, it's actually such an ironic image. Mm -hmm. And we are supposed to walk through it to be amazed by all these cool plants and like animals that exist in the world and that we are currently... Actively Hmm. killing. Well, first of all, I'm really disappointed, David. And second of all, things like that really David, don't don't make this about David. He's done his best. Second of all, things like these just really make me seem like the crisis is over already. Like people treat it like we can't help it anymore. Let's just indulge. Yeah. Let's just go into the fantastic nature of the world. Whilst (laughs) we still can. And I'm thinking, if we are living in a doomsday society, and there's nothing we can do, and we feel like we are on this path that and we as individuals have no agency in it, are we just moving towards a world where we'll live in, in a less authentic world, and we'll just live less Like we'll just live through our phones yeah. and live through someone else's experience as a coping me- mechanism to just make it through. Mm. That's the thing I don't I don't think We're uncontrollably Heading towards No destruction. That is the Life part of it That we actually Still have some mm-hmm. Power to change it I mean There's no No answer to this Horrible question Or to this Horrible <laughs> dilemma But I think we both agree That there is still hope And Go recycle your Plastic bottles <laughs> Don't buy Avocados Don't um, order delivery If you can pick it up Oh my god Well, we are basically advocating for individual action now, but that's better than nothing again. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really matter whether it's to calm your own conscience, to feel good about yourself, to feel like you're doing something good for the environment and to actually be convinced that you're doing something good for the environment, because you are. (laughs) um, It's great! And are we right now doing individual action? Are we participating in the debate and therefore doing something good for the environment is that why we're even sitting here talking about this i think we're doing intellectual activism we are currently right as we speak performing uh, intellectual intellectual activism please use that tab have some organic local wine um from portugal and see you next time see you next week Bye 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 chop it off